1: Twelve twenty. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network.
2: I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Any questions? Please bring them on. We'll be starting some new media projects soon. More on that soon. Um, so don't be shy, I think is the number one thing that I'll always say. Um, I think there's a lot going on at this point in time. And uh, I think there's a lot of things for us to chat about. Um, there's a fantastic article if you want to, like, understand how my mind works, the things that I find fantastic and wonderful and surprising. If you Google 36 questions to fall in love with... The author of an essay basically uh, said that when you're attracted to someone, you say you're into them and you're feeling it. Spontaneity is key. One partner is expected to initiate sex and marriage proposals when the feeling's right. Um, It's a pretty great New York Times column called Modern Love where there was a study done if you put two strangers together and have them ask a series of questions that ramp up more and more intimacy. Um it's it's pretty awesome. <laughs> it shows you that like you could basically fall in love with anyone. Um and you know, one of the questions was for instance, share a personal problem and ask your partner's advice on how he or she might handle it. And you suddenly you're like, I'm feeling close to that person. Um so can strangers fall in love with thirty six questions? And I think when you start thinking like that way, you start getting the concept of investing may not be what you think it is because love isn't what you think it is. For instance, love is given the choice of anyone in the world, whom would you want to have as a dinner guest? That's a perfect first date question, right? And for those of you who are single, I'm giving you, you know, a cheat sheet of 36 questions to ask to make that person fall in love with you. Um, you know, would you like to become famous and Why? And, you know, I think, for instance, my answer to that one is, "What do I want to become famous? I don't want to become famous. I want to be known for my work. Um, but I can tell you as a guy who does radio and television, and I do television one, two, three, four times a day, um, I get recognized by it because sometimes people are in bed making whoopee and they look up and there I am. <laughs> and they're like, ooh, quick, turn it off. <laughs> His head is gigantically large for a human being. Um so yeah, I'm on the ten o'clock news, the eight o'clock news. Like I'm, I'm everywhere. It's, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of me, and I'm ready to move past it. Uh, but I would like to be known for my work. And you know, every now and then, you know, there's a girl in the coffee room today named Julia. She goes, A couple of weeks ago, you gave advice about how your dad used to reward you financially for reading and uh, for doing things like how many trees could you pick out today? And you know, I'd go around the city and I'd write down, you know, what the street was and what tree was on it and. Uh, my dad was pushing me to learn, which, you know, I think it's, it is what it is. Um, another intimate question you can ask your loved one is, or potential loved one, stranger, what would constitute a perfect day for you? And like everyone's gonna have like a, a romantic tie towards that. And then you marry that person, you have a couple babies, and suddenly you're on the couch drinking yourself into a frenzy, just so you can kill the pain of not actually having that perfect day ever again, where. You sat on Chrissy Phil with a blue blanket and had some champagne. Name three things that you and your partner appear to have in common. That's a good question. Take four minutes and tell your partner your life story in as much detail as possible. This is where you hit, like, all the highlights. I was, you know, born into a... Uh, my dad was a military man, and, you know, we went overseas, and we were in Turkey and Germany and Japan and Greece, and we traveled the world, if you call Virginia the world, and... I got to meet a lot of unique people, and, uh, you know, second grade, my best friend didn't speak any English. That was kind of a worldly experience, and you kind of leave out the dark parts, right? So your partner starts to fall in love with you, but round two questions get a lot more intimate. What does friendship mean to you? What roles do love and affection play in your life? Um, How close and warm is your family? Do you feel your childhood was happier than most other people's? And it's, you know, set three questions, the final, you know, uh, 12. You say, complete this sentence. I wish I had someone with whom I could share blank. Um, when was the last time you cried in front of another person or by yourself? Uh, what is too serious, if anything, to be joked about? And you can tell that I'm not in love because I think everything can be joked about. Um, of all the people in your family, whose death would you find most disturbing? I don't find death disturbing. Like, see, this is where you could start seeing that I don't have intimacy, and I don't have, and this is why I'm a good investor, because I don't get emotional. Um, So when my dad died, it was to me, you know, I felt bad for my mother, not for him. And I felt, you know, like he had taught me a lot of great and a lot of bad and some of the bad you just don't want to ever do. If you have kids, for instance, go to their friggin' and soccer games. If you have kids, you know, pay attention to them. They're not accessories. Um, if your house containing everything you own catches fire, after saving your loved ones and pets, you have time to safely make a final dash to save any one item, what would it be and why? Now, this is funny because that question <clears throat> was one that my first wife was interacting with another person, and uh he was French, and he was from Louis Vuitton, Moya Hennessy. He was old enough to be her dad, and uh we lived in a flat in San Francisco, and she just happened to leave her laptop on one night, and I have insomnia, so I'm out on the patio trying to cool down, because I tend to heat up at night, and I like to cool down. And I saw on the computer, like, what three things would you grab if there was a fire? <laughs> i like, that's kind of interesting. Let's see what that's about. And sure enough, it was her interacting with a guy who was promising to take her to Dubai. Which sucked. Uh, um, but of the three things she would catch grabbing a fire, one was like an Ed Carolyn Poe book. One was um, I dunno her phone so she can call him and one was something stupid. You know, like my my wallet so I can pay for things. And uh, I asked her the next day. I said if there's a fire, could you at least wake me up? You don't have to grab me, but could you at least wake me up? And we went through a divorce mediator, and we were separated. Essentially, a month later, and six months later, we were divorced. So, uh, so sometimes intimate questions with inappropriate people are not a good thing. Uh, just throwing that out there for you. Just throwing that out there so that when you take these 36 questions, you're not trying to make a total stranger fall in love with you if you have a spouse. Or a loved one on the other side of it, uh, if you know what I'm saying. So, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Uh, I bring that story up. Um, obviously, you know, one of the best pieces of advice is advice. Listen to me. Advice is you can ever get is how can you be rich? And the way to be rich is same house, same spouse, same car. Um, I always drive cars that are beneath me. And I've always said, like, when I turn 50, I'm going to get a Tesla. And what's kind of funny about that now is Teslas, when they first came out, they were kind of cool because no one had one. And now I want a Bugatti. (laughs) Like, I've I've changed my game. I've changed my price point. Um, And if I can get that sound on my car, on my brand new car, come on down, um, I would love it. So. Same house, same spouse, same car. That's how you get wealthy. And uh, Anyway, Google New York Times column, 36 questions to fall in love. I think you'll be amazed. At, like, There's not a lot of love in love. There's just a science of knowing what to ask. Same thing with investing. There's not a lot of like smarts in it. There's just a, a way to play the game so that you can get wealthy over time. I'm online at robblackshow.com robblackshow I've got a big seminar coming up in Burlingame you can sign in for free using code radio 25 <laughs> <laughs> you and
1: my boys trip me up with their heads again loving them every
3: Please. 800-516-1220 That's 800-516-1220 Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW
2: So do sunsets happen later during the summer or not? Sunsets actually don't happen later during the summer June 21 is one of the longest days of the year at least when it comes to northern daylight hours. That's a good thing for people living in the U.S. We all enjoy a little more light, and I always feel a little bit better with some vitamin D on my skin, right? Um, Our morning and evening commutes have more light. You get some after-work playtime with the children. Children? I miss Chef on South Park. Um, You get summer vacations. But there's a popular misconception that summer days give more light, and it's not true. Um, The opposite happens. After the summer solstice, days start fading from the morning and evening, beginning the northern slog towards the cold depths of winter darkness. Um, Winter kind of consumes fall. And then spring kind of breaks the ice of winter. And then all those spring flowers, which are lovely summer, scorches them and breaks into fall. The seasons long for each other. And I bring this up in large part because there's a lot of just misconceptions the Earth orbits the Sun once every 365 days and six hours. Our planet also rotates once per day around a tilted axis. That tilt, which is currently 23.5 degrees, battles different parts of the world um, with light, uh, with you know different intensities of light. The planet's rotation, meanwhile, keeps the heating even. In theory, um, unless you believe in climate change, and I do believe in climate change, or I believe any change in climate. So the summer solstice occurs when the sunlight reaches its maximum extent. So every day after that in the summer marks shorter days. Um, so as you think daylight lasts longer in summer, it's actually a little bit different. The spots on Earth that its maximum amount of sunlight form what's called the Tropic Cancer and the Tropic of Capricorn. Which one is the Tropic Cancer? That's the northern one, right? Tropic of Capricorn, like, I feel like I would have done well on Jeopardy. Um... <laughs> with Sean Connery not Sean Connery Uh the Saturday Night Live skit where Sean Connery being played I think by Will Ferrell Uh, maybe not but maybe and the the topic is therapist and he goes Alex I'll take the rapist (laughs) so every time I see a therapist I bring that up and they always look at me Daryl Hammond and they always look at me like something is terribly terribly wrong with you Anyway, I think I would have done well on Jeopardy. and Maybe next time we have uh, tickets to give away, we'll do a little stock market Jeopardy. Um, <clears throat> why sunsets seem, long, seem later in summer. So if sunrises happen later and sunsets happen sooner, summer wears on, why can't it seem like the days are still growing longer? A lot of little factors there. Um, on sun graphs, down to the minute, uh, you can take a look at it. So technically... Uh, For a few days of the summer solstice, a sunset can happen a slightly later time, depending on where you live. Um, Because, you know, daylight on Earth, a day is different on Earth when it comes to less than actually 24 hours um, as far as sunrise, sunset. And um, a lot of people don't factor in the tilt and what that has to do with it. So, anyway. um, Yeah, so even sunsets and sunrises can be argued on how much sun we're getting and or not. So, do you think evaluation on Bank of America can be changed? I think it can. The big banks are getting a big boost. Federal Reserve basically gave them approvals that you're, you look sound, and you should do some more buybacks and dividend increases if you want to. And the banks did. Uh, they announced after the close yesterday just massive numbers. Bank of America... Dividend, 24% increase. Buybacks, 55%. Total year over year increase. J.P. Morgan, Citigroup, Wells Fargo, Capital One. These are all good names, and they're all names that should be considered. Consult a broker advisor for taking the action on any stocks mentioned. Um, BB&T, you could look at an ETF and exchange-traded fund. Uh, If you believe we are still going to creep interest rates higher over the coming years, uh, I have no problems with considering owning banking stocks. Uh, If you want to test my theory on banking, and do not do this, consult an attorney before doing this, but go into a bank drunk one day and say, I'd like to get a $600,000 loan for a house, or I'd like to get a credit card, and you fill in the answers that you have no income, you've got no assets, you don't have a job, um, and that you like to drink a lot, and that you hate your liver, and you're doing everything you can to dispose of it. Now, I get hating a gallbladder. Gallbladders are nasty, evil little things. I don't like dolphins either. But your liver? You gotta like liver. You don't have to eat it. You gotta like it. I hate you, flipper. I hate you and everything about you. I, I hate your little, cute little bottle ta cap nose. I hate it. Okay, dolphin, I love you. You just didn't treat me the way I wanted to be treated. So I went on to a sealfish. So a lot of people look forward to owning a home, and they consider it a rite of passage. Even if you've considered home ownership from every angle, you ask yourself the important questions, you weigh the pros and cons, you still should look at renting before buying just to see. Home ownership used to be a no-brainer. Adjusting for inflation, home prices were about 33% lower 40 years ago than they are today. So you adjust for inflation, which means it's kind of an apples-on-apples kind of a comparison. And, you know, rental prices are staying steady with inflation. Uh, from 2013 to 2017, the national median rent went up about $200. National median, from 2016 to 2017, it actually dipped about 60 bucks. Still a better deal to buy. The economic benefits have narrowed, though, in some places. For some households, the decision rent or buy may be, quote-unquote, too close to call. There's a lot of calculators out there. Bankrate and Realtor.com have, have two. Um, rent versus buy calculator. You can Google it and then you know, type in the word bank rate or type in realtor. Did I ever tell you the first time I got called out, and this is funny because I got called out on it recently again, that I, some total stranger emailed me and I Googled their name and uh, you know, I said, hey, I looked you up on Google and uh, you're, you're an attractive man or you're an attractive woman. Well, I'm not going to tell you which one it was, but let's just assume it wasn't terribly appreciated that I Googled them. Um, I know. There's a lot to love about renting a place to call home, especially being able to make maintenance and upkeep the landlord's responsibility. Um, I just got from one of my rental properties just an estimate, like, "Hey, your your back patio is some of the wood's rotting, some of the handle rails are not doing great, and the screen's not in the best condition." And if that's not in the best condition, the, the renter is going to come like like go to the kitchen, like pee in your sink versus pee in the toilet. So you got to have to throw some money into it. Now you're saying, what's that all about? I'm not going to bring it up again. I just want to throw it out there once and leave it kind of hanging. Big event coming up in Burlingame. I'd love to see you out there. Um, retirement income strategies and planning, plus bonus sessions. Bonus sessions for self-employed and contract professionals. Creating your own employee benefits, self-employed retirement plans, tax-saving strategies for LLCs and S-Corps. You can sign up for the event in Burlingame that's on July 13th from 11 to 1, plus that bonus session, by going to Roblox Show, robloxshow.com, and use radio25 as your code to get in for free. What's going to be left of the
3: black now 800-516-1220 that's 800-516-1220 now back to rob black and your money on am 1220 kdow what's gonna be left of the world if you're not in it what's gonna be left of the world
2: Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. 516 1220 and anytime you want to look at the economy you look at you start with jobs because if people have jobs they buy cars if people have jobs they're working for companies if people are working for companies companies typically live and die by the rule of capitalism where they'll fire people if they need to if things start getting too out of control the largest cost of doing business for a company is, is labor and as a small business owner I could tell you like if things hit the economy tough you know, you can, you can cut back some costs. You can say, okay, I'm going to cut down client dinners. I'm going to cut down uh, marketing costs. But the number one thing you can do is fire someone. And, you know, suddenly you're not paying social security tax. You're not paying health care. You're not paying a lot of things. So you always look at jobs as one of the bigger things to give you a good determination on the stock market. It's an odd indicator, and it's not as 100% good as I want it to be for you. You know, like, just because you have a job doesn't mean you're going to get a new car. There could be a situation where a couple years ago, a president did cash for clunkers. Do you remember that? And that stimulated a lot of car demand. It it brought it forward. Another concept that sometimes you have to play with a little bit. Um, Housing numbers could look great. Hey, look, it's spring. The numbers look great. turns out that winter was really warm, so it brought a lot of buyers forward spring may not look as great going forward. So you have to be a little careful with some of the indicators that you're going to play with in your head. I don't want you to get burned. I don't want you to get hurt. Um, I want you to be as smart as you can. I don't want you to do picking stocks full-time. You can listen to this show from time to time. If you want to listen to it daily, it's great. Um, but I don't want you to do it too much. Uh, in large part, You know, you're probably a programmer, a Facebook employee. You're probably somebody like that. Uh, Maybe a mom. And I want you to be the best mom in the world. And that's an odd thing to say out loud. Um, I want you to know that you're not going to be the world's best stock trader. And I think we get spoiled when you have eight straight years up in a market or nine straight years or... You have the late 1990s where E-Trade bought a Super commercial, Super Bowl commercial where they had a monkey riding a rocket and higher. And they were kind of poking fun at themselves, but they were trying to tell the audience, even a monkey can do this. Come on, open an account. Um, and it was too much. I remember firing a client because he's like, if I like give you an extra 100 can you turn it into 300 in the next three months? I'm like, I could certainly try. And I could have taken this money and kind of done that. Failed and gone, your expectations were too high. Um, I'm glad I did it. So, throwing that out there for you as far as ways to start thinking about the markets and jobs. Jobs are an important one. Um, another thing is, there's some websites out there like you know Yahoo Finance or Oath Finance that you need to be careful on. Um, I think the information there is average. I don't think it's helpful or constructive. I think Morningstar does a really nice job of giving you information. But sometimes the information on Morningstar is outdated, so you really have to make sure that you're staying on top of this. If you're looking for resources, I think Charles Schwab and TD Ameritrade have fantastic resources um, on their websites. Um, I think they're both good retail trading platforms uh, for do-it-yourself investors. I think they're both very reputable companies so I could certainly come up with ideas for you as far as resources go. Um, if you have an account at ETrade or Schwab or Scott Trade or TD Ameritrade, um, sometimes they give you stock reports from Standard & Poor's or Zacks. And go read it on Apple. I mean, I know you know Apple's phones. So go get a report from Standard & Poor's on Apple. Take a look at it. Think about it. And, and see where you go. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, right, and you don't have to become the best person out of it, but there's a lot of resources out there. You know, I was telling you to line up some legal resources, your healthcare documents, so that someone can make a medical decision and financial decision on your behalf. I got into a fight once with a spouse that she wanted to be buried. I'm like, I want to donate my body to science um, and then cremated. And... For some reason, she, like, why would do not donate to science? Why not give, you know, the kids in medical school a little time to, to play with your cadaver? Ah! I have no problem with that. So, um, hopefully, they're, hopefully they're not too judgmental. Hey, that's Rob Black. Let's take a look. Oh man, his liver shot. Um, I know it. I know it. There's days online, on air, where he's slurring. So you can get a durable power of attorney from a site like LegalZoom for about $35. You can find free state-specific living wills at carryinginfo.org. Or an estate planning attorney can help you draw up documents. Um, Depending on how much money you have, I think LegalZoom is a great choice for people who don't have a lot. Just kind of getting it in place, it makes a lot of sense. So you probably have a lot of accumulated accounts online. And there's a website out there that I love. Um, a friend of mine, she got a text message the other day that said someone's trying to log on to her Google account. And she hasn't used that Google account for like four or five years. Uh, long story short, she's, I, she went to the site and closed it. Um, that's a good thing to do. You've probably accumulated a ton of online accounts from everything like email and social mail, and you probably haven't thought about this, so maybe this Saturday at 8 a.m. after the kids are fed, you log on and you start figuring out how to close some of these old accounts. There's a website out there that, you know, called accountkiller.com, um, one called backgroundchecks.org forward slash justdeleteme. They collect links and instructions on how to remove accounts from popular sites like AOL, Hotmail, MySpace, YouTube, and... Um, and, you know, there's all sorts of things. I, I have a unsubscribe me, a catalog one. There's a service that every time you get mail-order catalogs, uh, there's a code in back, and you basically go to this website, you punch in that code, and it's a pain in the butt. Because this is a website, again, that I have to have an account open on, and I have to open it, and I have to punch in this account, my email, and all that kind of stuff. But then I'm able to, you know, stop cutting down trees. I really think we're going to we're turn into a world very soon where any sort of print documents are, are looked at as, can't you just send that to me on email, or can't you just send it to me? Can I see it at your website? I think we're moving into very much so a paperless society for people under 35. Um, so if you do, if you find yourself getting too much you know, stuff in your inbox or promotional messages, there's a website, uh, try unroll.me. After you give the site permission to access your email account, you can choose which subscription emails you no longer want to receive and combine those. Um, And I highly recommend you know simplifying your life, simplify your budget. Um, I use Mint.com, but I also use more an institutional version um, that they don't offer you. But there's another company out there that does. Um, I don't like you know going, God, how much of my money is going to housing? I'd much rather a computer program or an app do that for me, so you know these budget programs that meant they look at all your fixed expenses, your rent, your mortgage, your utilities, your debt, your payments, your savings for emergency, your retirement accounts, your future goals, your food, your entertainment, your monthly expenses, your other bills, and it kind of like does you know the math on it and tells you, you know here you go here's your you're spending thirty five percent of your money on alcohol. that's not good. It's a joke. Um, one of the things that I did early on to, to make my life easier, because I know I, I know I didn't have discipline when I was 18 to do this, was I opened up an account with the mutual fund company Roberts and Stevens in San Francisco. And I knew the managers were great. I, I had a you know, solid feeling about you know investing money over the long term. And the only way I knew I could do that was to basically give them permission to take $166 out of my bank account every month. And of stunk because there's months when you're 18 where you get down to zero, and you're like, "Oh, oh, I better get some money in that account because I have that <coughs> automatic payment setting." That little sound, of, uh, ooh, baby, ooh, ooh, cough. So, um, I don't like dumbing it down. I'm not the Susie Orman of the world. Where how much money can you safely withdraw every month? I'm not that person. Um, but later in life, there's going to be something that you're going to have to be really good at called required minimum distributions. Uh, and that's going to be very important. But hopefully, your, your company, whether it be Vanguard or TD Ameritrade or Fidelity, can help you with that. So, as far as drawing things down on an intelligent level, you can find me online at Roblox Show, Twitter Roblox Show, YouTube Roblox Show. I'll take a break here right now. Oh, you not
3: a love. listening to the best of Rob black and your money on am 1220 kdow Now, 800 516 1220. That's 800 516 1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220
1: KDOW.
2: I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. I recently saw someone talk about the idea of paying for college is now no longer the generally accepted form of obtaining a career. And it was from Rick Edelman. I'm a little bit disappointed by that. So, Rick Edelman is a financial planner. And he sold his firm to a big firm. Um, I think there is a thing that we should always look back on and say, is this still accepted or not? But he says the notion of going to college and emerging at age 22 with a degree in a field and expertise that you're going to engage in for the rest of your work and career is gone. Instead, it's no longer about a college degree. It's now about lifelong learning. I agree with a lot of that, but not completely. I don't believe in sending your kid to college with just the expectation of, okay, go figure it out. Any degree you want to get, you can get. I think you should talk to your kids about degrees. I think, you know, a degree in poetry is a disaster if you're spending $100,000 to do that. I know there's Pablo Nerudos out there and, uh, who's the one Oprah likes? that make tons of money. I'm with it, but I'm not with it. So advancements in technology and in the, you know, the understanding of skills and knowledge that we were taught in college, specifically those related to science and tech, basically will become obsolete much more quicker. Okay, so I kind of like where he's going with that. As we went from a molecular science country to a biotechnology that's a massive system change. So in some of the drugs that you are taking for a 100 years instantly got replaced with, you know, genetic data that we had never had access to before. And that's only going to accelerate in the next five years inside the United States. So he says, Rick Edelman says, if you're going to be a modern-day worker, you need to remain viable. You need to engage in learning, you need to engage in employment, you need to engage in leisure. He says, we call them sabbaticals right now, where you go off uh, work for a month. Most sabbaticals don't last a few weeks, but they could last a few years sometimes. You'll go to school, you'll get a job, you'll take a couple years off. One of the things I like about that concept is, I don't think millennials have this I'm locked into working from age 20 to 60 at the same job that my parents had or on some levels that I had. I've had a career now for 20-plus straight years in the same company. Um, and that's pretty awesome. But in radio, I've worked at six companies. Um, in television, I've worked at one. So I, I like the idea of challenging this a bit. But one area that I wish was a little bit more clear was that what I learned at college is a lot like what I learned growing up. I grew up overseas, so I learned that people speak different languages. And it's not all about me. And sometimes when you communicate with people, you have to go, you know, bread? How much? How much? And maybe that's all the English they know, but I certainly don't know enough Turkish. Um, And living in Turkey was probably one of the best educations for me as a child, possible. So I, I like the idea of sabbaticals. I like the idea I, a lot. And uh, hopefully more of us could take more of them and see the world, for the, sometimes for the first time, and get outside of our own comfortable shells, uh, see what we're contributing to and or what we're taking away from. So and I think the idea of sending your kids abroad is pretty amazing if you talk to your kids and they're mature. It's not about going to Europe and getting wine at age 18. It's about going to Europe and, like, experiencing another culture. I saw so much poverty when I traveled Europe and I saw so many people that will never get to the income level that I will get to. And I don't think that's super important, but I acknowledge it and it, it gives me perspective that I've got it pretty good. I don't actually have to work in the daily grind every single day. I choose to. Um, and at some point in time, I just told a doctor, I'm going to have a massive heart attack and die. Well, the guy in Europe who I met on a train once, who didn't have enough money for alcohol, instead was drinking cough syrup. I'm like, that's a pretty good choice. It's like going to an AHL game versus an NHL game. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do to get your buzz going. Um, and I get it. Um, also learned, and this someone taught me this the other day. Um, it was a pretty funny line. She goes, "If you could score weed while on a vacation, it's pretty great." But it's always the same crappy weed. And it's always through like a bartender who has it wrapped up in a brick or something like that. And I'm like, how do you know this? It kind of, it, it made me laugh on some level. So, um, but that's also like, that's a skill. I'm going to tell you, that's a skill. Um, So early retirement is a concept that that scares me. Because... We talked earlier in the show that $1 million will get you $40,000 a year. And some people are like, if I have a million dollars, I quit, and I'm going to travel the world. And I'm going to listen to that Bare Naked Lady song, if I had a million dollars. I think $3 million is a much more realistic number for most Americans based on their median income of about $55,000 a year. I kind of want to keep you kind of close to that so that your lifestyle doesn't get too changed up. When you're in retirement, Monday's the very best, best this day. When you're working, Friday's the very, very best day. I knew you'd get this. Okay, so the celebrity that I kind of look like is the fat lead singer from Bare Necked Ladies. Not Brad Pitt. The fat Bare Naked Ladies singer. Stephen we'll Page. Take a break here house. and be right back. I would
3: buy you a house. And if I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars, I'd buy you furniture for your house, maybe a nice chest. I like
2: Planning for retirement can be complicated. There's lots to consider. But by narrowing your focus to a few key issues, you can maximize your retirement income and give yourself a much better chance of enjoying a comfortable retirement. I'm Rob Black, and on July 13th, I'll be in Burlingame for a special lunchtime event with CFP Chad Burton and attorney Michelle Lerman. We'll be discussing retirement income strategies and estate planning updates that you can use to get the most of your retirement nest egg. We'll cover passive versus active portfolio management, transitioning your portfolio from the accumulation phase to the income phase, which accounts to draw from first, measuring risk, estate planning tips for 2017, and more. That's Thursday, July 13th at the Doubletree and Game. The event runs from 11 to 1 and includes lunch. And if you can stick around, we've also got a breakout bonus session where we'll give some retirement tips for the self-employed. Go to robblackshow.com for the details and to register. Costs is $25, and we'll waive that fee for KDOW listeners. Just use promo code RADIO25 when you register at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com, promo code RADIO25. Hope to see you there